Welcome to Respond to Resilience, along with my co-host, Dr. Stacy Raymond. I'm David Dashinger. On this episode, we'll be speaking with yoga instructors Steve Zagami, a retired USMC sergeant and FDNY firefighter and a registered nurse, and Wendy Basha, a.k.a. Wendy B., about yoga for first responders and the benefits that yoga, meditation, and breath work offer for the physical and emotional stressors that are common in first responder work. We invite you to like and subscribe. Our YouTube channel is Responder Resilience. We're on Facebook with the Responder Wellness Inc. page. We're on bbsradio.com, Apple Podcasts, and our website with all our past episodes is respondertv.com. We'll be right back to speak with Steve and Wendy right after this. In this family, more of us die by our own hands than by the hazards of the job. In this family, up to a quarter of 911 dispatchers have symptoms of PTSD. In this family, our mental health and wellness are in crisis while responders are quietly suffering. In this family, many struggle with job-related stress, burnout, trauma, sleep disruption, substance abuse, and marriage problems. In this family, we can help the helpers with vital information and resources, resilient strategies, and success stories of overcoming the obstacles. In this family, no one is alone. Welcome to Respond to Resilience with co-hosts, retired Lieutenant David Dashinger, Dr. Stacy Raymond, and Bonnie Wimley, LCSW EMTB. And we welcome you to a special episode where we're going to be speaking about yoga with two people who are uh, not only yoga instructors, but also have uh, deep connections with the military and first responder world. Um, I'd like to introduce Steve Zagami. Steve was born and raised in the Bronx, New York, yay, and uh, served as a sergeant in the U.S. Marine Corps, and Steve was also a uh, New York firefighter. He graduated from Mercy College with a bachelor's in nursing, and he's a graduate of the Yoga College of India, a certified Bikram yoga teacher, and a certified hot Pilates teacher. Steve's also currently working with children and adolescents on the autism spectrum and is a yoga instructor at Bikram Yoga Danbury and Bikram Yoga Yorktown Heights. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. It's nice to be here. And our other guest today, Wendy Basha, a.k.a. Wendy B., comes from a family of first responders, and she completed her initial 200 hours of training in power yoga and has been teaching for well over 15 years. Wendy's gone on to receive extensive training and certifications in several styles of yoga and meditation, including vinyasa and restorative, as well as studying the subtle energies of yoga and the anatomy of the body. Welcome, Wendy. Hi. Thanks for having me. So I'd like to start. Um, I can say how I met Steve. Um, I offer this free yoga class for first responders uh, through my charity, Responder Wellness, Inc. And um, actually, Wendy introduced me to Steve Zagami um, at Wendy's, one of Wendy's yoga classes. And I asked, I invited him to come and lead a yoga class or two. Um, and uh, this was during COVID. So we were outside at Kenosha Park, uh, right near the water. And Steve was kind enough to come and lead a couple of yoga classes for the first responders. So thank you again, Steve, for that. Sure, it was fun. Yeah, it was. Um, 
So I, I have a question for you, Steve. How how does a uh, United States Marine and New York City firefighter go on to develop a yoga practice and then become a Bikram yoga instructor? Can you can you help us understand that? Well, it is a pretty long story, but I'll try to about the Reader's Digest first. Bring it to the Reader's Digest, exactly. <laughs> um, right out of high school, you know, I was I was getting in some trouble being in the Bronx, and uh, I ended up doing the right thing and joining the Marine Corps, and that really straightened me out. Um, once I left the Marine Corps, I came back home to New York, and um, I took all the tests you know, police department, fire department, you name it. And luckily, I got the one that I really wanted. I got called by the fire department. I worked like crazy to try and get on that job, and it really paid off because I got 100 on the physical and 100 on the um, the test. And um, before I know it, I was on the job, and it was what I wanted to do. I really mm-hmm. loved being a firefighter. Um it was great. That was me. That was I was Steve the firefighter, and my life was set. After uh, nine years working, I worked on an engine for five years. Then my my goal was to work on a truck for five years, and then uh, I wanted to get you know become a lieutenant, go go on captain, and all that other good stuff. Uh, that all cut that all got cut short one day when I was working on the Cross Bronx Expressway, there was a car on fire with people in it. And my job was to get one of the little girls that was in the back seat out. Mm. Um, while I was going to get her out, the car on the highway went out of control, uh, slammed into me and sent me. They said I was flew like 200 feet in the air and landed face first in the wow. shoulder of the Cross Bronx Expressway. Mm. So I broke both of my legs, my neck, both of my arms, my pelvis. Anyway, it was a long, mm. long recovery. I was in the hospital for a long time. They didn't think I'd make it. Then they didn't think I'd uh, they'd be able to save my legs. And um, it all worked out because I think I'm supposed to be here now mm. and help other people. So, um but after that, I really got depressed because, like I said, I was a firefighter. That was what I wanted to do. I love being a firefighter. Right. And now I couldn't do that anymore. So, mm-hmm. you know, who was I? I wasn't Steve the firefighter no more. I didn't mm-hmm. know my goals were. A lot of people t- started telling me, you know, try this, try that, try this. And one guy kept telling me about this big bum yoga. He said, I hurt my back. He was a firefighter. And he goes, this really works. And I used to go, yoga, yoga is for women. I said, I don't do yoga. I lift weights. I box. I do all this. Other. I don't do yoga. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, of course, you know, so he kept bugging me. And, and then one day I kept putting them off. I kept telling him, yeah, I'll come, I'll come. And I kept putting them off. I kept blowing them off. And then it was my birthday. This is a pretty funny story. And he shows up at my house, and he's standing at the door. I open the door, and I go, oh, Patrick, what are you doing here? He goes, hey, hey, happy birthday. I got something for you. So he hands me a card, and it's a one-week trial to pick from yoga. And then he's got his hand behind his back. And I go, you know, what do you, what do you got behind your back? And he pulls out these little shorts. And I look at him and I go, I'll do the yoga. I said, but I didn't wear no shorts. That shit ain't happening. So, uh, 
But I walked into that room, man, and it was hot. Uh, like I said, it was 105 degrees and 40% humidity. And now I'm in this sweatsuit, and I'm looking around at all these women with, with bathing suits on. I'm going, what am I doing here? <laughs> but anyway, I, you know, I said I was going to do it, and I tried. I, but I ended up ripping that sweatsuit off because it was way too hot. Man. And uh, though I said, I ain't never going back in there again. I said, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. But when I got home, I actually started feeling better. And I was like, wow, man, I, I feel good. And I wasn't sleeping. And because uh, I was waking up all the time, like every two hours and popping pills and stuff like that. And I slept for like five hours straight. And I had this one week trial for free. So I was like, let me go back the next day. Well, I slept good last night. Let me see what happens. Mm-hmm. And from then on, it just bloomed. And I just went every day. I just kept going and going and going. Everything started getting better. I finally got off all the pills. I don't don't take any pills anymore, anything like that. And uh, my whole life changed. Wendy, um, you're my yoga instructor, and um, you have taught a few yoga classes for the Yoga for First Responders class that I offer for free. Um, through my charity, Responder Wellness, Inc. Um, I know a little bit about you, that you come from a family of uh, first responders. Could you tell us a little bit about your background with that? Sure. So I'm the oldest of five. Um, My father was a firefighter, so growing up, we all saw all it entailed. Um, Both of my brothers are now firefighters, and um, brother-in-laws, one firefighter and uh, two police officers as well. So pretty much everyone except my, my husband is currently a first responder. Um, and so this, uh, the idea of anything I can do to help in this area um, speaks to me. And my son is also currently um, in, a United Ra- in the uh, Ra- Army Ranger training program in the U.S. military as well. So I feel deep connection to it. Fairfield County Trauma Response Team is a nonprofit alliance of mental health professionals dedicated to helping first responders heal from trauma, tragedy, and stress. We help as they manage community crises and the everyday demands of ensuring public health and safety. Established in 2011, FCTRT was formed in response to a call for emotional help from the Stanford Fire Department after a traumatic fatal fire. Less than a year later, the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting occurred, and members again served the first responder community. Most recently, COVID-19 created a need for our support. We provide free educational presentations, pro bono sessions to deal with community disasters, and an extensive referral service to trauma-informed psychotherapists. If you're a responder in Fairfield County and need help dealing with duty-related stress, please reach out to us so you can continue to do the job you love. Visit our website at fctrt.org or find us on Instagram at FairfieldCountyTRT. In your own words, tell us what is yoga? So for me, yoga is life. Yoga is breath and the connection between the mind and the body. And what we say in the practice of Bikram yoga is that it's the path to self-realization. So self-realization is coming to terms with who you are who you really are, because 
our bodies are really just an accumulation of the earth, of what we eat, of what we drink, and uh, the air we breathe. And our minds are really just an accumulation of our experiences over the years. So who is the one that's behind all of that, that's seeing all of that, that's that's there. That's That's where the yoga brings you. And for me, that's really what yoga is about, finding that self-realization, finding out who you really are and why you're here. Uh, fascinating because probably most people think of yoga as the cliche picture we see all the time of somebody sitting, you know, with uh, maybe there is a waterfall behind them. There's candles. They're sitting in a lotus position. I think it tends to paint yoga in the in a, as a very physical activity. But it sounds like you're you're saying it's more than just physical. Oh, definitely more than just physical. It's the connection between the mind and the body, and it brings you calmness it gives you peace so then you are able to connect to who you are to where you are with with our lives we're so stressful we're always moving with here there now even with the phones with the cell phones if you see people walk out the first thing they do is they have that phone and it's not anything about that it's being present being here right now that's where you got to be to really feel what's going on with you and when you're tapped into that phone all the time, you're not there. You're mm -hmm. you're somewhere else. Thanks, Steve. And Wendy, uh, in your own words, tell us what is yoga. Um, well, yoga it is a I would say it's a a set of physical, mental, and spiritual practices that combine. Um, you know, here in the West, I would say we're used to just or introduced often to the physical part of the practice, but it goes much uh, further than the physical realm. Mm -hmm. The word yoga um, from, from Sanskrit was translated as yoke or union or to connect and harkens back thousands and thousands of years to India. Um, today, the most widely recognized collection of yoga teachings is uh, the Yoga Sutras by Pantanjali. And that is this Indian sage Pantanjali years ago, uh, you know, looked to all different schools of yoga and philosophy to see what kind of coincided with all of them, you know, where were, where were similar themes being brought up? And he put together this collection. It's, I think it's 196. They're little aphorisms. Um, and they just kind of weave sutra, like from our word suture, they weave or thread together, um, to create, um, you know, the basic idea beyond yoga. And through this collection, he put forth what is most widely known in the yoga world as the eight-limbed path of yoga. And it's kind of like a stepping stone, eight different steps. And the, the final step is uh, samadhi, which is um, enlightenment or even, you know, I, I would say it's a ease of mind. You know, even way back then, they were looking for a way to calm the mind. Mm -hmm. And they used the physical poses or the asanas as a means for exploration. But traditionally, the physical part of yoga was only um, introduced to prepare the body to sit for long periods of time mm -hmm. um, in meditation. 
Um, you know, the, one of the things I love about yoga is, you know, on this eight limbed path, the physical poses are really only the third step. The first two are the ethical practice of yoga. And that is the basic philosophy, um, how you deal with the world around you and your experience, um, in a non-harming way. And then the second is how you relate to yourself. And then after those steps, they add the physical part. So here often, you know, I have clients, no one usually comes saying, oh, I want to, um, you know, I want to look to be more philosophical. (laughs) Usually I want to increase flexibility or I want to get stronger or they're attracted to the physical aspect. Steve, could you tell us a little bit more about Bikram yoga and how it differs from um, what Wendy teaches, which tends to be more like a power yoga? And, and what are the benefits of Bikram versus just regular yoga? So actually, um, power yoga has now been, they're starting to almost jive together. They're starting to, to come together, it seems like. Bikram yoga is more, um, it's in a hot room. That's 105 degrees and 40% humidity. And there's a reason for that. That's to get your muscles nice and limber and so that you can open up. Bikram Yoga works on really uh, repairing and maintaining your body. That's what Bikram Yoga does. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the other practices, a lot of the other exercises that we do, we go out and we're pounding on ourselves. We're beating ourselves up, like running, anything like that. You're always pounding on something. That's why we end up with bad backs, bad knees, and all that stuff. Bikram is made to repair that. And the way it does that is by Hatha Yoga. Hatha Yoga is where you do a posture, you hold it, and then you relax for 20 seconds. So because of the heat and the humidity, your body is really open for the blood to get deep into those different areas that we focus on. So when you're doing a posture, we're compressing a certain area of your body and we're slowing the blood flow there. So it gets really tight and we hold it Mm -hmm. and then we relax and it opens and the blood gets deep in there and heals the body. Power yoga is more of an exercise where you're flowing from one one uh, posture to another. And I really like that. I've taken uh, some of Wendy's classes mm-hmm. in there. They're really good, but it's, it's, it's different. But now they're starting to use the heat because they see that the heat works, so they're incorporating that also. So it's a beautiful thing. Yoga is, any kind of yoga is going to help you. But the practice that I do I, is more for healing and maintaining. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, how would doing yoga be relevant for first responders? What would the immediate results be for a first responder who might take up yoga as a practice? So for first responders because they are at such a high stress level all the time. Mm-hmm. The biggest benefit for them is to learn to remain calm and to use your breath. So um, with all yoga, we use our breath going from one posture to another and how to hold it, how to learn, you learn how to breathe. Breath is a tool that can be used to calm you down 
or it can be used to give you energy. The different ways you breathe changes your body's perspective on what is going on with you, right? So just like when you get scared, the first thing, oh, shit, right? So once you do that, the body's like, oh, man, something's wrong, right? So when you learn to just breathe in through your nose, out through your nose, remain calm, everything stays more in focus. And this is really important for first responders because you want to remain calm in a stressful situation so you make the right decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times we're reacting, 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 Mm -hmm. reacting, right? So if you remain calm, you make the right decision. So you might, just by reacting, you might get to a successful situation but it might take you a longer time. So think of as a firefighter, you only have so much time to get in there and make a rescue and get someone out because fires move fast. So you got to stay calm, focused, and concentrating on what you're doing. And that's exactly what Bikram Yoga teaches you. Calm, focused, concentration. Okay. So that's the mental part of it. How does it help a first responder physically? Each posture that we work on works on a different part of your body it's a 90 minute class and by the time you're done you've worked on every muscle every gland every organ in your body so we all know that stress and cortisol levels really affect all your different organs in your body Mm -hmm. right so by doing what um the Bikram yoga it teaches you balance it teaches you how to breathe and we work on each of those different um, organs and glands in your body. We work a lot on your spine, a lot on your uh, thyroid gland. We work on um, the liver, digestion. Each each part of the body gets gets focused on mm-hmm. in Bikram yoga. Okay, great. It sounds like it's uh, almost like detoxification of not only your uh, your mind but of your body. Yes. So <laughs> I was just teaching a class this morning. I said this this morning because there was a couple of college kids in there and I knew that they were out last night. And I said, well, we come in here to detox so that we can go back out and retox. So they thought. <laughs> <laughs> Going a new term there. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. And the other thing, Steve, that uh, comes to mind when you're talking about, um, especially the breath work, is uh, how many times as first responders we come across the scene whether we're a police officer, EMT, paramedic, or firefighter, and somebody is so stressed out, and really in that moment, we need to kind of help them to calm down and come down off the ledge. And having some knowledge of these uh, breath techniques can be so helpful when we're, you know, dealing with somebody in the public who's super stressed, right? Definitely. And by you staying calm and focused, of course, that relates to them, and then we can get them down to that lower level so they don't do something that they're going to regret later so yeah yeah definitely so uh wendy what thoughts do you have about how yoga can be helpful to first responders you notice you start to notice pretty much right away the calming sense in the mind um so the practice almost all practices there is a connection of the movement to breath that when, once you start to find that combination, the practice 
takes on a different level. It becomes more like a moving meditation. But on its most basic level, the introduction of a deeper breathing, allowing for a full exhalation to prepare for a full inhalation, mm. taps into the parasympathetic side of our nervous system. So you don't might not even realize what's happening, but there's a down-regulating action happening physically within the body, You know, bringing back that fight, flight, or freeze to a space of balance with the rest and digest and the whole calming side. So that's why often, even if it's a physical practice, people leave like, wow, there's something else going on other than just the physical part of it. So, Steve, in this time when people are more stressed than ever, so we've got the world events going on, we've got COVID, uh, and first responders, just to begin with, they have a lot of job stressors to deal with. So how does yoga help take this very active, stressed mind and bring it down? And how does it help connect the mind and the body together? Is there a, a connection between the, the head and the body? So exactly the, the connection is the breath. We said, okay, what you're doing when you're in yoga in the practice is you're connecting your mind to your body by the bridge, which is the breath. So that's why, as I said earlier, we learn how to inhale and exhale at the right times to keep our body energized and moving so we can get through the whole class. Because like I said, this is a 90-minute practice mm -hmm. in a hot room. So if you're holding your breath, if you're breathing too fast, you're not going to make it. You got to learn how to breathe. And it took me, I would say, almost six, seven months to really get to that point where I was just breathing right. Because I came from a background of like lifting weights and stuff like that, where you know where you're inhaling and you're blowing out and this and that and everything. Oh, it's hard, right? So here you got to learn that balance between flexibility, balance between strength and, you know, when to use it and when not to use it, all that good kind of stuff. So, like I said, this, this has helped me so much in all different aspects of life. So um, it also works on the, um, the uh, H, uh, HPA axis, you know, that's the that's where the cortisol levels are really high. So by doing this practice, it brings it's been shown to bring down cortisol levels. Mm -hmm. And that's really big because cortisol levels are good when you're stressed. You want them to be up, but then you want them to come down. And a lot of time with firefighters, cops, all, everybody, the cortisol levels stay high all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. where we get into problems. Right. So you need some kind of you need an outlet. To let that go and that's where yoga and meditation comes in 
So, yeah, thank you, Steve. Um, Wendy, same question. In a time like today, when people are super stressed, you got crazy stuff going on in the world, COVID, and first responders have very stressful job to begin with. Um, how does yoga help that overactive and stressed out mind um, calm down? And what's the connection between the mind and the body? Yeah, a hundred percent. And that connection is the breath that, you know, that body mind connection, you know, I always say, you know, the breath is what calls the mind back home to the body. So just by, um, you know, the act, well, it, there's a combination a little bit, you know, the physical movement helps just to release a little bit right there. You know, I, you know, in the restorative practice of yoga, we always say the issues are in your tissues over time stuff gets stuck and you know, you've got to release it. So the physical aspect that um, is a big part of it, but just the act of connecting with your breath. um, It really has a, uh, it's a game changer. And then you learn to do that on the mat. And then you realize I'm off the mat. I'm in traffic. I'm in a, you know, uh, I'm having a certain experience. I know I can take three deep breaths and Mm -hmm. take it down. And then maybe I, I always say like, it kind of helps you clear the lens a little bit, not, you know, or flip the script, you know, so I'm not going to feed into what's currently happening. I know I can just kind of um, take a step back and learn to respond rather than react. Can you both comment on the difference between uh, yoga and meditation? So for me, there really isn't a difference because we call the practice that the big one practice is called a 90 minute moving meditation. Interesting. So oh. the whole mm-hmm. time when you're in there, you're moving, but you're also meditating. Mm. And you're trying to stay present, stay focused in the room. Right there, right now, we call it going into the bad neighborhood because it happens to all of us where your mind takes off and you're out somewhere else or mm-hmm. you're thinking about what you got to do later after class or what you did before. So we're always reminding them, stay out of the bad neighborhood. Don't go there. You're right here, right now. Work in the present. Mm -hmm. As far as meditation is more of, I love meditation now. I never thought I would. But when you learn to be able to be still and just focus and let things come up and then you're able to let them go. Um, I actually wrote a little quote here about from Blaise Pascal. He was a French mathematician who says, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. So it's like, really, when you think about it, if Mm -hmm. you could sit and, and be in your own body and just be okay with that. That's a big thing, because most of us can't. You'll be surprised that a person just can't sit there and be by themselves. They always got something else to do. They're going this way, going that way. So that's what I think the difference is. Okay. So, Wendy, can you comment on that, Um, the difference between yoga and meditation, how they might be used together? Yeah, there definitely is a difference between. So I'm certified in mindfulness meditation, um, but there are, and yoga. Um, so the, but the two can weave together and I've really started kind of adding that more and more, um, in my teaching first, the act of, you know, connecting each movement you do in the practice with the breath 
it becomes more like a physical moving meditation. But the uh, the physical, you know, yoga is definitely more of a, you know, you have the physical poses and you use those as tools for exploration. As in a mindfulness meditation practice, you're kind of um, watching what's arising, you know, kind of observing what's coming up without getting caught up in it. Um, it's the ability to kind of notice, you know, maybe physically at first or and then mentally um, what's coming up in the mind without feeding it or fighting it and just the ability to just let it be. Our mission at Responder Wellness Inc. is to subsidize or provide free of charge safety equipment and wellness services to first responders, including police officers, firefighters, EMS personnel, and 911 operators throughout Connecticut. Resources include scholarships to train new EMTs, a responder and veteran-only AA group in Danbury, Connecticut, as well as police vests, a fire and EMS boot program, yoga classes, gym memberships, and t-shirts. The founder of Responder Wellness, Inc., co-leads a peer support group sponsored by Fairfield County Trauma Response Team. Responder Wellness, Inc. is a nonprofit 501c3. Find us on the web at responderwellness.org, on Facebook at Responder Wellness, Inc., or email us, responderwellness at gmail.com. Responder Wellness, Inc., putting responders first. If first responders say, okay, I'm going to check out yoga, what could they expect if they do yoga couple of times and then what could they expect if they turn it into a practice and they're you know using it in their day-to-day experience okay great um i think the biggest thing they'll find that they are a lot calmer during their day um it increases your ability to focus it decreases your cortisol levels and of course your stress it helps you to sleep better which is a big thing with a lot of um, I know with firefighters, when I was working, we were up, yeah. we were in and mm-hmm. out. You never got a good night's sleep. So it definitely helps you with that. It gives you more mental and physical endurance. So mm-hmm. that's also a big thing with, with all first responders. So right. I think that's what they would would see and feel just just even after a couple of weeks, two weeks, three times a week. Fantastic. And Wendy, um, same question. Like, what could first responders expect if they practice yoga a couple of times and then um, if they could turn it into a practice and start taking yoga, what would that do to their day-to-day experience? You know, I would say first they might begin by noticing, um, as I discussed, the the calming sense. But even physically, you know, we're often imbalanced. You know, there's either... Uh, someone seems to be more flexible, which you don't have to be to practice yoga at all, or, you know, maybe the, the strength on the other side. So you start to find a physical balance um, between uh, flexibility and strength. Also, yoga has so many other benefits. Um, the uh, I'm able to sleep a little bit better at night. You know, I feel a little more energized in the day. There are so mm-hmm. many benefits like that that pretty quickly you can start to pick up on. So, Steve, um, you know, that that quote from Blaise Pascal about um, if, if man could just, you know, sit quietly alone in a room, uh, 
my experience with first responders is they have intrusive images, intrusive sounds. Uh, their, their, their mind never stops. Um, it's hard for them to sit uh, with their thoughts and what's going on in their head. H- how does yoga or meditation help with that? So I think that to get through something, you know, but with everything, we, we learn from going through things. We learn from things happening to us, right? That's how we um, learn to deal with something. So by, by being able to sit there and breathe and let your thoughts come up, you are ab- actually able to finally let them go. After, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to happen right away. And there are other things that you have to do also. But the meditation is one way, one tool that you can use to help you to start to deal with that and say, yeah, that did happen. It happened. And I was there. And, you know, you start to let let it go. You start to see it, feel it, and know that it's life. And one of the other big things I say is um, happiness. Happiness is not the absence of problems. Happiness is learning how to deal with your problems. Hmm. When you're able to deal with your problems, then you start to feel better. You start to learn that, hey, you know, we're always going to have problems. Life has changed. So things are going to happen. It sucks. It does, right? Mm -hmm. But we have to learn how to deal with what happened. And there's a lot of ways that we can do that. And I think meditation is just one of the ways that can help you. Thanks, Steve. Sure. Wendy, what what are your thoughts on how meditation could, or yoga, or both, could help first responders with all of that which is going on in their mind, uh, intrusive images, calls in the past. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. It's a direct connection. You know, um, during the physical practice of yoga, all of the movements are connected to the breath and just tapping into that breath. Um, you know, it, it, it brings the it down, regulates the nervous system and just helps you to kind of take a step back a little bit, uh, learning to deepen your inhales and to lengthen your exhales. And um, that in itself um, is calming. And, you know, it helps really, that's the big component of the practice of yoga, the connection between body, mind, and soul, I would say. And it all happens through the breath. I'm really curious about this. I've I've certainly had some personal experience um, working with meditations in the cancer community. And once you mention that word meditation, people immediately say, I can't sit in that quiet room for 20 or 30 minutes. You know, I can't just shut off my mind. I can't sit there and not move. Um, What do you suggest? Do you offer shorter meditations that people can do more easily who have a hard time sitting for 20 or 30 minutes? Sure. There's, um, you can start out with five minutes, 10 minutes, and there's guided guided meditations that'll help someone like that in the beginning that um walking you through how to meditate um there's a lot of programs on you can find them on youtube all kinds of things where they're guided meditations and even just 
a couple of minutes every day, if you practice it in the morning, you'll find that, wow, I feel a lot better. I feel a lot calmer. Things mm -hmm. aren't affecting me so much. And you actually start wanting to do it a little bit longer. And then once you're able to do that, you can start going it on your own and just sitting there and focusing and concentrating. But it's like anything. It's a, it's a practice that, you know, you don't just boom and you got it. Like, you know, and it's not, I would also say it's not stilling your mind because your mind never stills. It never stops. It's mm -hmm. always there. It's that monkey brain that's always like <laughs> boom, 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 right? Mm -hmm. And there's yeah. times when even when you're meditating, it's like, oh, my God, I've been off somewhere else for, you know, two minutes and I'm supposed to be sitting here and breathing. But as long as you just draw it back and you mm -hmm. keep learning to draw the mind back, after a while, you're able to hold that longer and longer. And like I said, you're going to want to do it even longer. You're like, oh, man, I only got 10 minutes today to meditate. <laughs> you know, I got to do something <laughs> else. I got to go to work, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, but definitely there's five, 10 minutes, 15-minute meditations. Guided Thanks. meditation is really good. That That's, you know, it can bring you all over. It can bring you all over the world with a guided meditation. So, Thanks, Steve. And Wendy, what are your thoughts on that? It, you know, it, again, like the practice of yoga might not happen overnight. But um, and oftentimes I find people, uh, especially in this field, very reluctant to uh, stillness. And, you know, you know, taking time to sit, sit still, meditate or, you know, even deep breathe and notice what's coming up. Um, there's a like you said, I want to fix it or help it. And oftentimes, you know, um, people feel uh, disconnected and not, um, you know, that feeling can become a normal feeling over time. But, you know, um, as we begin to practice, you know, meditation more, even if it's a minute of just sitting quietly and listening to your breath and your mind's job is to think and to wander. So just the idea of noticing, oh, this is coming up you're practicing mindfulness meditation right there. And that's where it starts. And, you know, I tell people, you know, people like, as to your point, David, well, I see someone sitting in Lotus underneath a waterfall, what, you know, for a half hour. <laughs> meditating is not about getting better at meditating. It's about getting better at how you live life. Um, so it, it can start out, you know, one minute at a time. And that's how I often do. And a lot of my yoga classes one minute of a silent meditation and people always come up to me after like, I, I, I didn't even realize what, what even one minute of silence is like and what it can do. Steve and Wendy, I talked to a lot of first responders and uh, I've tried to get them to do the free yoga for first responders class. And, you know, I get eye rolls, I get laughs um, comments like yoga is for women. I'm not wearing those tight yoga pants. You know, uh, what do you have to say to first responders who might be listening to this podcast about, um, you know, the benefits of yoga and whether or not it's for men, women, whoever it's for? I really like this question because it's what I went through. And, you know, uh -huh. I experienced that. That was me. I was like, yeah, right. Yeah, we all go. Okay, goodbye. I'm like, my eyes are rolling. I'm like, okay, see you later. But um, <laughs> there is really so much to yoga. And, and the best part is when people say, I can't do yoga, I'm not flexible. And it's like, 
dude, you do yoga to become flexible. So what 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 um, yoga actually does is if it takes all different shapes and bodies and begins to find balance there. So people that are really flexible, they come in and they can do all the postures, but they can't hold them. They, they don't have the strength to to hold them. So for them, we're building up strength for them. We're building mm-hmm. their muscles up right. so they're getting stronger. Then people that are really strong and tight, they come in and they can't do the postures because they're so tight. But then they start developing that flexibility and their muscles start to lengthen. And then they're like, wow, this is great. So actually, I said this the other day in a class that I feel sorry for the people that are really flexible because they come in and they can they can do all the postures. Yeah. People like me, when I went in there, I couldn't do them. I had a hard time. But when I was finally actually able to do the postures, it was like such a great feeling. I was like, wow, I was able to do camel. I was able to grab my foot and put it over my head. <laughs> and like when I first started, I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to do this. And then in a couple of months, before you know it, you're doing it. And it's mm-hmm. it's a great, it's a really great feeling. And it's a really great balance between strength and flexibility. And that's what we all need. I mean, if you're too strong, that's no good. If you're too flexible, that's no good. So you want to find that balance. So it's really for men and women uh, to improve your strength, to improve your flexibility, and also calm your mind. That's, I think, the take home. There you go. Homeostasis. That's what it's all about. Balance. Balancing all those three things. Okay. All right. How about you, Wendy? What do you think about um, yoga being, you know, the the stereotype is that it's just for women. So what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I sure can. I have two brothers that were like, you know, Wendy Wu, you know. (laughs) Um, But they've all, you know, DJ, my uh, youngest brother, was a regular at my classes and still often comes, you know, to a Saturday class here and there just because of the strength benefit, also because of the calming benefit that they recognize. So, again, I would just remind them. In almost all my classes, I have a a variety of people. Um, I also spend a lot of time, I don't know if this helps first responders, but I tell my brothers this, I have a lot of college athletes that part yoga is part of their summer off-season training program to keep their strength and flexibility up. So, you know, um, it's definitely not all women. I would just wear shorts with like compression shorts under it, sweatpants, uh, a t-shirt. You don't need any special um, garb at all. There, that's the great thing about it. You don't really, I mean, a mat, most studios have mats. If you don't, um, that's really all you need. Um, and a block, if you have it to help with like, you know, just brings the earth a little bit closer. Really all you need is your um, ability to, to give it a try and just be open to what comes up and, you know, be mindful of, of the breath. And that, those are the components. That's all you need. Every, you have all you need right there with it.
So Steve, um, I know you're teaching a couple of different kinds of yoga and you're out there teaching even in multiple locations. Can you tell us of any of the available classes or opportunities for someone that's maybe a little tentative, maybe they don't feel like they're ready for the full, you know, hour, 90 minutes worth of uh, a yeah. yoga class. What, what do you, what do you recommend? I do a zoom class every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. And that's like, um, you could do it at home. You could do it at your own time. And you could see, you could start learning the postures before you would actually come in and do a class. Mm -hmm. But I do suggest going in and just trying it, just, just see what happens. I mean, so it's it, the Bikram yoga series is a beginning yoga series. There's no standing on your head. There's not, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. It's all postures that anyone can do. I had, I had a, gentleman that was 86 years old that came in and started doing it because he couldn't play golf no more hmm. and he came in and he loved it he, he he just you just do what you can i mean you know you move the body the way you can and then as you keep practicing like i said it gets better and you can move more you can balance more you, you get more flexible more strength um uh, I also, I teach in Danbury and I teach in Yorktown Heights. I know that might be far for some of you guys in Connecticut, but in Yorktown, they offer a one hour class where in the Bikram series, you do, you do everything twice. So the first set is like a diagnostic, seeing where you can go that day. Cause every day your body's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And the second set, then you try and maybe go a little bit further. In a one-hour class, we don't do everything twice. We do we only do a couple of the postures twice. The other mm -hmm. ones are just once. So that might be a way to start to maybe try the one-hour class, start getting used to the heat, working out in the heat and the humidity. And I would also think, Steve, since when you first started yoga and you reluctantly went and you had all of those injuries, and now you're a yoga instructor – you know, I mean, that should convince anybody that, you know, even if you have injuries, you could do yoga, just just do it to the limit that you can, and you will increase your strength and your flexibility. And you might even heal some of your injuries. Oh, you would definitely heal, heal your injuries. I mean, and range of motion. I mean, I don't think you talked about that, but your range of motion increases. Mm -hmm. When I went in, I had my neck was fused and uh, the doctor said, oh, you'll never be able to get your full range of motion back in your neck. And wow. and like uh, I remember I went seeing him. I'm like, look. I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. And he goes, what are you doing? Yeah. I yeah, said, yeah. I'm doing yeah. yoga, you know, and and he was amazed. I was like, yeah. I said, doc, you should try it. <laughs> Bikram Yoga is a beginning yoga series with a power yoga. If you go to the classes, I think you just do what you can. I mean, if you can't do it, then you can't do it. So mm -hmm. and then you work up mm -hmm. to it. So same thing with Bikram. You just do what you can. Right. Wendy, same question. Um, can you tell us of any available classes or opportunities if somebody is maybe a little tentative and they don't feel like they're ready for like the full, uh, full fledged yoga session? What, um, what opportunities do you offer? So my website is yoga with Wendy B. There's a full meditations page there. Um, it also has my schedule. I do, uh, 
obviously a lot of yoga classes, teacher trainings, and a lot of different workshops. Um, and um, some of the classes also, they're varying styles and types of classes. And my email address is there. If you have questions about anything, I'm always happy to have people reach out anytime. The yoga classes are all um, in person. The meditation page on my website, those are pre-recorded. And then what I do with Voices through uh, for Resiliency is on Zoom. And that's the, what's the first Friday of every month. So, Steve, um, how can people find you out there? Um, the best way to get in touch with me would be, of course, to, to email me. Um, but you could find me on um, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, all those social media things. I don't have a website or nothing like that. Um, but I'm at Bikram Yoga Danbury, and I'm at Bikram Yoga Your Town Heights. So anytime a firefighter, first responder wants to come in and take a class, we'd love to have you guys come in. Mm. Great. Well, we got your uh, your social media handles and your email address on the screen so people can find you. Um Steve, thank you so much for joining us today, um, as well as Wendy. Both of you have really interesting connections uh, and histories with the first responder and, and military world. And I think the information that you just shared today is going to be super helpful, especially to kind of break some of the myths and uh-huh. uh, you know concepts about yoga that uh, and meditation that people, especially responders, may have um, It's such a different reality um, compared to what I think a lot of people, especially, you know, most of us have thought that meditation and yoga were. So Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that with us and especially for what you're doing out there to help people kind of get grounded, de-stress and um, get back in touch with uh, peace and calm. So good work. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Nice talking to you. Oh, terrific. Thanks so much for having me. And you guys, thanks for all you do as well. It's so helpful and needed. Thank you. So uh, just want to remind everybody to like and subscribe. Our YouTube channel is called Respond to Resilience. We're on Facebook on Respond to Wellness Inc. page. And we're on bbsradio.com, Apple Podcasts, and our website. If you want to catch any of our past episodes is respondertv.com. Thanks for watching. Be safe. Be kind to yourself. Take care.